This week's episode is all about QuiltCon 2022. You know I was there and you know I had fun. I will be talking to vendors and influencers and organizers. I interview the AccuQuilt Go-Getters and Sarah Trail from the Social Justice Sewing Academy. This interview was so good. You don't want to miss it. And I'll share a few personal stories of my own. So don't go away. I'll be right back. Hello and welcome to another wonderful podcast episode where I explore the stories of teachers, speakers, artists, and everyday quilters to share their tips, tricks, adventures, and day-to-day life that will bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the quilting studio. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, also known as the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share this week's episode with you. So here we go. Now, I want to start off this episode by talking to you about the Big Fib. Of course, that's the quilt I entered into QuiltCon, and it got accepted. I was over the moon thrilled, so here's the story. I created this quilt, I pieced it and designed it over four years ago, and I didn't quite have the confidence to quilt it and enter it in a show. I mostly create art quilts, which are very tiny, and my expertise is in small quilt quilting. I haven't done any long arm, and if I do a large quilt, it's generally walking foot quilting. So last year, I did a scrap challenge, as many of you know, and I discovered this incredible quilter named Sam Alberts. And when I say discovered, I don't mean I brought her into the limelight or I made her a big deal. She was a big deal before I even knew her because she's an incredible quilter. But I just discovered that she exists. So when I saw her quilting on one of the entries into the scrap challenge and she won best use of color, I realized I need to get her to quilt the quilt for me. So we collaborated. We got together at her home. We decided what kind of design. We had so much fun playing on what kind of design that she could quilt on this quilt. And then I left it with her and she did such an amazing job. I was thrilled. When I got it back, I was in tears. Was like I couldn't believe how amazing she had made my quilt look and we decided to enter it into QuiltCon. And I think to save my own ego, I never imagined it would get accepted. Like, in fact, I convinced myself I'm happy just to enter it, whether it gets accepted or not. So when I got the email and found out that it was accepted, I was absolutely over the moon. I'm sure that I contacted Sam Alberts at 10 o'clock at night one evening. Are you awake? And she was like, are you kidding me right now? Why are you contacting me? And we were FaceTiming in our pajamas, yelling at each other. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. So we were very excited that it got accepted. Now I know there are quilters out there who really believe that you should never enter a quilt in a show unless you've made it start to finish yourself, including the quilting. And what I say to that is, do whatever you want. I wasn't ready to quilt this quilt on my domestic machine. And I I don't have a long arm, so I'm not experienced at that either. And I had so much fun collaborating with Sam on this project. It was one of the highlights of 2022 for me and probably for Sam too. And let me tell you, the Big Fib has a great story behind it. The category I entered it in was use of negative space. And man, did Sam do an incredible job quilting in all of the negative space. So the quilt is called the Big Fib, of course. And here's the story behind it. 
imposter syndrome is real for many of us. Whether you're dressing yourself for a job interview, rocking your newborn to sleep, standing to speak in front of a group, or making your side gig your real career like I have, we can all feel like we're not good enough. The Big Fib is a whimsical take on the Fibonacci sequence, as the creator, that's me, makes the leap from art quilter to modern quilter, because, yes, she can. Now stay tuned right to the end of the podcast, where I'll bring you more good news about what happened with this quilt at QuiltCon. And before you get all excited, no, it did not win any awards, but I did get a wonderful email about it, and I'll tell you all about that later. Now let's get into the first few interviews with the organizers of QuiltCon. Okay, so I am here in the virtual Zoom room with Amanda Hines Bernay. I'm so excited to be talking to the organizers of QuiltCon this week to chat about the show. You will be hearing these mini interviews on the podcast after QuiltCon is over, but today is Wednesday of show week. The show kicks off today with the meet and greet at 4 p.m. and the awards ceremony tonight at 7 p.m. I will be talking to Amanda today and two other organizers, Elizabeth Daxon and Karen Cooper on Saturday. So let's get into it. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Brandy. So let's start off by just chatting about what you do. What's your sort of title or what's your role at QuiltCon? So my title is Director of Partnerships. I've been with the NQG for um, going on six years now, I think that's right. And as far as QuiltCon goes, my my main responsibility is that I work with all of our sponsors and all of our vendors. So anyone you see with a booth, anybody who has supported our workshop rooms with sewing machines, notions, tools, all of those generous companies, I am their point person and um, work with them to make it a better experience for our attendees on site. Many years in a row, I have also run the pre-show office. A lot of people maybe don't understand the process of how the quilt show comes to be um, because we are a virtual organization. So we receive all of the quilts here in Austin, Texas, and I go pick them up and put them in the temporary QuiltCon office. And we have volunteers local who come in a few days a week and help me unpack them and check them in. And it is, um, it is an undertaking. It's uh, this year show quilts plus special exhibits. We were at a just under 700 quilts. So it's a lot. So it's funny how you think you've seen the show, but really like it becomes a blur. And so those are my kind of main points um, as far as QuiltCon goes. Wow. And that just gives us like a little tidbit on what goes on before the show and then behind the scenes of the show. So without your sponsors, of course, the show wouldn't even go on. And what kind of size are we thinking about? Like if we're going to imagine the vendor mall, how many vendors are there? So we've got just over 100 vendors this year. The exhibit hall itself is 200,000 square feet. And we've got about almost half of that is vendors. So we are really lucky that our vendors stuck with us this year. It's such an unusual year. It's such a strange year. And so many of them have persisted and are getting set up today um, and are super excited. So I'm really grateful to all of them to kind of keep the magic of QuiltCon going, even though it's going to be a little bit different than normal. 
Yeah. And I'm really hopeful that people will be coming to the show and ready to shop because they've been out of the shows for a few years, right? So they'll be ready to shop and hopefully all the vendors do really well. I cannot wait to get into the vendor mall and go shopping. So you are not actually here in person at QuiltCon this year. So what is happening in your beautiful belly right now? No, I know. I am expecting, my husband and I are expecting our first baby at the end of March and I wavered back and forth about coming in person to QuiltCon for a while. And as, uh, as I got bigger, <laughs> I realized it was, it, it was not the best idea. Um, it is very physical. It is very, it's a long days and hard work. And um, it just seemed like the better idea to stay put. So I am attached to my cell phone so that I, any questions from Elizabeth and Karen on site, I'm, I'm at the ready to help out with whatever I can. And I am running the customer service. I am running the info email box, the register email box and doing what I can. So, well, it's so great that you have such a great team that you can actually stay virtual and you'll still be able to pull it off. So I want to know, what are you most excited about this year now that we're back live with QuiltCon? Well, I think, you know, we got such a great response to QuiltCon together, but nothing can replace being in the room with your quilt friends, with quilts, with the vendors and everything. It's just, there is a magic that cannot be duplicated. And so I think QuiltCon is really special for so many people. And it just makes me really happy that a lot of people are going to get a taste of that after two years of not having a lot of special things. So I I really hope that um, people enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. So if you had a tip for quilters who are thinking about entering a quilt in QuiltCon for the first time, what would that be? You know, it's, it is very, it is very competitive to get a quilt into the show. And it's really just because the numbers we only accepted, we've accepted just fewer than 25% of the quilts entered this year. And so there are a lot of fantastic quilts that don't get chosen, not because they're not great. I think one thing that I would recommend is if you take a workshop or learn a new technique, find a way to make it your own and make it different and enter that quilt in QuiltCon. We don't want to see your version of somebody else's technique. We want to see how you've really taken it on. So that is one thing that I would say. But it is just, it's not a reflection on how good of a quilt it is usually. It's usually just a a numbers and what stands out to the jury. And every jury is different every year Mm -hmm. and it's a subjective process. So keep trying. I, you know, the QuiltCon reject hashtag, I think has been spun into a positive light, which I think is great. If you don't get into QuiltCon, it is, it is no reflection on what you've made. That's for sure. Oh, that's such great advice. Okay, so my final question for you today is, after you're through all the thick of this, I know you guys are just ready to launch the show, but once it's all said and done, what brings you joy about QuiltCon? <laughs> well, the the naps after the show are pretty good. <laughs> the relief that we did, we did another one. Um, I, you know, it is, it's a lot of, I'm jealous that I, that my co-workers are there and I'm not because it's a lot of work and it is counterbalanced by 
being in the joy and the buzz and the middle of it. So I'm sad to not be getting that this year. It brings a lot of people a lot of joy. And I think that's what's so special about it. You know, it can be difficult. And sometimes we really have to force ourselves to focus on the positives and all the people who are happy and don't even, you know, they're just happy and they're happy to be there. And that's really the great part. Yeah. And it's just so nice to stand in front of a quilt and just take in the joy of that person who made it. So we can't, I can't let you go today without um, sort of mentioning your team. So can you mention your two teammates and give me a little tidbit about how you feel about the volunteers? Sure. There's six and a half of us, seven of us on staff at the MQG. And so we all contribute to the success of the show. Karen is our executive director of the past two years, and she's really like come in and shown us great leadership. And especially through, you know, she started in fall of 2019. So um, that was, you know, obviously a, uh, she didn't really know what she was getting herself into. Um, And then Elizabeth Daxon is our director of events and she Elizabeth is a powerhouse. I mean, I don't really know how else to say it. Um, It's an honor to work with her. I have learned a lot from her and I think we work really well together. So she is definitely the, the woman behind the magic of this. Like it takes a lot of people. It's not just her, but she is the engine that drives it for sure. The volunteers, you know, we are a nonprofit. And so a lot of our manpower is provided for free from our Quiltcom volunteers, those of those who come in to help me in the office beforehand, um, local to Austin, those who help out on show days. And then our crew, we have the Quiltcom crew, which are folks who are kind of like super, super, super volunteers. And they're not paid for their time and they work with us just like they were and they're, they're amazing. Um, And I would also just like to, you know, shout out to the rest of our staff, Colleen, Darcy, Brenna, and Jen. So we all work hard. And it takes all of them. Great. Well, I have to tell you, I have really enjoyed QuiltCon together and I'm very excited to be at my first QuiltCon this year. So thank you so much for joining me today for a quick interview. I really appreciate your time and good luck planning the rest of the show. Thank you, Brandy, and have such a good time. Okay, so we are here at QuiltCon 2022 with a couple of the organizers of the show. I'm so impressed. This is my first QuiltCon, so it's been an absolute delight to walk through the show, to see what's involved. I've been so impressed. Blown away, actually. I'm from Canada, so I don't see shows this big, so it has been just wonderful. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about the the behind-the-scenes things that go on at the show. So can you tell me your name and what is your role? My name is Karen Cooper, and I'm the Executive Director of the Modern Quilt Guild, and I've been on staff since September of 2019. Okay, and Elizabeth? Yes, uh, my name is Elizabeth Daxon, and I am the Director of Events, and I've been here since September of 2013. Okay, and so what kind of things do you have to do? Is it just, you know, obviously it's not a one-week thing. <laughs> you guys <laughs> you guys are working all year round to prepare this show. So, Elizabeth, what is your role in the show? 
Um, so as the director of events, I do the bulk of the planning, the logistics, and then a lot of the physicality here on site at the show every year. Were you typically planning as far as two years in advance at any given point in time? So there's the juggling of those plates. And then, of course, all of the various and sundry silverware that go with all of those plates all the time. It's a details kind of job, but that's exactly the kind of thing that I enjoy. Yeah. Okay, and Karen, what do you do for each show? I pay all the bills, so that's exciting. Um, I work with Elizabeth to on the budget and just to make sure that you know things make sense for the guild from a strategic standpoint. The th- the decisions we're making, you know, where we're going, or kind of just our overall feel for the show, just to make sure that's in line with our strategic vision. And then I also do a lot of some of the PR as far as if we have special guests, I want to make sure that I'm I'm there representing the guild to any special guests that are with us or anything like that. Yeah. And it's not just the two of you, obviously. I've already interviewed Amanda as well. Yes. So who else is involved in the team? So we have a total of six members on staff currently. And uh, between the six of us, QuiltCon isn't the only thing we do. We manage you know, the MQG, which is a 15,000-person international organization. And it is definitely not the sort of thing that takes five minutes a day. So between the six of us, we all have various and different roles. Between Amanda and I, we manage the bulk of the QuiltCon details and that sort of thing. Uh, but the rest of us also work on the MQG Journal, which is our quarterly magazine-like piece that we work on that provides creative articles as well as patterns to all of our MQG members regardless of where they're physically located. Mm -hmm. We also have of course resources like webinars that we provide to members and all of this uh, all of these programs are all put together by just you know the few of us. Mm -hmm. It's it's a strenuous job but one that can be very enjoyable and rewarding. Yeah and you have an incredible newsletter as well Mm -hmm. so can you tell us a little bit about the newsletter? We always do a monthly newsletter that um, includes just kind of a message from me as the executive director, just kind of talking about just what's going on or what we're thinking, trying to, you know, share the the goals and the strategic plans of of the guild, as well as just any news about what's going on. We try and do swaps throughout the year. We have various deadlines for entering the swaps or entering a quilt if you want to be shown in some of our special exhibits and challenges and challenge we have our challenges with maybe a different certain fabric type or certain Mm -hmm. color palette or a certain shape so we have things and activities where we try and engage all of our members around the world throughout the year so our newsletter is always full of that sort of thing Mm -hmm. as well as you know again because QuiltCon is pretty much a year-round venture for us it's just always full of the things to watch for you know hey it's time to if you think you want to teach at QuiltCon it's time to apply or hey get ready for the catalogs going to come out or you know so we have a newsletter that comes out at least once a month at different times of the year it might come out twice a month depending on what we've got going on. Okay so now let's get into the show so can you tell us a little bit about the number of quilts in the show and the type of things that you'll see if you attend QuiltCon? Well, our quilt show is organized by categories, which are essentially the tenets of modern quilting, the different types of things that you frequently see, things like negative space or modern traditionalism, applique. Really, you'll see pretty much any type of quilting that you can think of, any type of piecing at the show in a modern sort of way. It may be a modern take on a traditional log cabin quilt that is so unrecognizable that you didn't even realize the inspiration point was a log cabin quilt. It's often a 
riot of color in the show hall because people have so many different unusual takes on color, especially this year with the temperature quilt exhibit. Um, that one's really fun because a lot of the makers used quite a rainbow, and yet the others who used a limited palette are also just as interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When I was walking through the temperature quilts, I photographed them all, but I saw <laughs> a black and white one, and I saw nice. a pastel one, and I saw a rainbow, you know, a whole bunch of rainbow ones. So yeah. One thing that I want to say about this show is that I'm incredibly impressed by the way it's laid out, because there seems to be a lot of space. We feel safe here. We all have masks, of course, and it's laid out in a way where you instantly see the first, second, and third place winners, mm -hmm. then you get to see the rest of the quilts down the rows, and then you also have these special exhibits. So let's talk about those a little bit. Um, we have several special exhibits in, in our show this year. We, we have a total, you, you said mentioned, that we have a total of about 650 quilts yeah. for our special exhibits and our competition quilts. And our special exhibits, one thing we're really focusing on is trying to use our platform as a, as a large international guild to raise up some voices of those of the causes that we feel passionately about that we think need a little bit of ampli amplification. And we also are trying really hard to work with, with makers that are from the area where our show is. Like this year we're working with a number of Navajo quilters and indigenous makers to have a special exhibit. And then with that, they have the opportunity to do a lecture and some tours of their exhibit to, to share their style of crafting and a little bit about their culture and their history. And I feel that's important for us as a, when we bring this many people to an area, I feel it's important that we help our members become more educated or more exposed to the culture of the area where we are. Yeah, and that exhibit is incredible. So let's talk a little bit about the SJSA exhibit. Absolutely. We've been working with Sarah Trail and the Social Justice Sewing Academy for a good bit of time now, really the entire time I've been on staff almost. And one of the things that I know I've always appreciated about what Sarah's doing is how she's bringing the youth into quilting. And here this year we have their Remembrance Project on display, which commemorates many people who have been killed by violence. Uh, Sarah and the SJSA also have released a book that also speaks to the Remembrance Project, so it's been a really great time to commemorate that. They have been a part of the quilt show, the juried quilt show, for a good bit of time, so it was really exciting to bring a special exhibit specifically for the Remembrance Project together this year. Okay, okay and, and there's one more you want to talk about. Let's go there. Yes, so we have a very special person to um, the MQG Quilt Con and the quilting world and community, really, that we lost in 2020, um, right about Quilt Con time, actually, Suzanne Woods. She founded Lucky Spool Press, which many of you may recognize some fantastic quilting titles from that publishing juggernaut because of how many books they've put out in such a short period of time. Suzanne was the force behind that, and she unfortunately passed away from cancer just as we were getting started at QuiltCon 2020 in Austin. We heard the news and were devastated. She was one of our original board members, and you may, if you've been to QuiltCon before, have met her. She worked on staff as crew physically on site at the event many years, and we were all heartbroken by her loss. So was her guild and her family, of course. Her guild took many of her unfinished works and finished them. Many of them are on display as well as a few quilts that were gifted to Suzanne directly, one by many of her authors at Lucky Spool that's a book quilt in particular. It's one of my favorites in the exhibit. Oh, what a heartwarming tribute to such a great person. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the things that you find joyful about QuiltCon. So what's your favorite thing, Karen? 
I think I just like to see all the quilts come up. I've seen for the last several months, because I see the quilts as they come in through our software, and I'm involved with jurying and involved with the judging process. And so I see the, the quilts here and there, but to see them all just hang in all their glory is pretty great. Um, I carry all week long, I carry a pair of white gloves in my apron so that at any point in time when I'm looking at one, I can look, or if I see, just am walking through and see one of our members or a public, member of the public enjoying a quilt, that I can take my gloves and put them on and help them look at the quilt and maybe point out to them something they haven't seen mm -hmm. and help them enjoy or appreciate our quilts just a little bit more. Yeah. And how about you? What's your favorite? Well, I definitely love seeing people see the quilts. I think this year most especially, the thing I've enjoyed is seeing people reconnecting with their people. This year especially, there have been so many heartwarming moments of people who haven't seen each other in two years because of the pandemic and the world that we've been, we have been living through these last two years. The number of heartwarming reunions that I've seen this year was really great. And it's that way every year. It's just this way times, you know, 50 million this year. Yeah. It really has been heartwarming. For me personally, it's been a joy to meet a couple of people I've had on my podcast in the past. But you had this really great system of helping people understand who they can hug or who they can, you know, tell us a little <laughs> bit about the DOT system. That was really cute. Oh, thank you. Uh, the DOT system was something that kind of came out of some staff discussions where we were concerned and had heard some concerns from possible attendees about how do I communicate to people if I feel okay with a hug or if I really want you to stay six feet away from me. So we came up with a essentially a green light, red light system. The green indicates that people are happy to greet with a hug. The yellow indicates maybe you should check with me first, and red is please stay your six feet away. Everyone can put those on their badge, and it's been a really successful system. Yeah. Well, you guys, I, I know it's Saturday of the show right now, and yeah. you're still in the thick of it. There's one more <laughs> whole day to go. I really appreciate you pulling these 10 minutes away from your time, and I know you've got to rush back to make sure <laughs> that everything's still good. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you definitely for being here and sharing our show. It's been so fun. Now here's a quick word from our sponsor, The Electric Quilt Company. How many times have you taken a picture of a quilt you want to make or doodled an idea on a napkin? Listen, quilters, there's a program for your computer called Electric Quilt that will change your life. It's for designing your own quilts. It comes with thousands of blocks and fabrics, plus you can add your own. You can print rotary cutting charts, templates, or foundation paper piecing patterns to sew whatever you design. It'll even tell you how much fabric you need. Watch a free demo at electricquilt.com and save 20% through March 31st with code FIRE20. Okay, now next I want to tell you a little bit about my interviews with the AccuQuilt Go-Getters. I had so much fun interviewing oh, seven of them, and so I'll list their names here. It was Krista Watson, Katie Swigart, Kimberly Benefield, Laura Strickland, Lori Miller, Porphyria Gomez, and Stephanie Jacobson. So AccuQuilt asked me to pull each of these go-getters aside and ask them a few questions, and I handed over the video for them to use on their YouTube channel. So Pam and Erica hosted two full videos about QuiltCon called AccuQuilt on the Go Part 1 and 2. So you can head on over to their YouTube channel to check it out. Now let's head on over to the vendor mall where I interview about a dozen vendors to find out what they're most excited about featuring at QuiltCon. 
Well, hi, uh, my name is Arlene Hillier and I am with Fabric Worm and we are a online retail store, fabricworm.com. And we're really excited to be back here at QuiltCon um, and see everybody in person again. It's wonderful. Uh, we're very excited about having really fun kits that we've been able to curate, uh, custom bundles where we mix and match all kinds of different fabrics. We have so much fun with color play and pattern play. Um, I really love using kind of more like traditional patterns with really fun modern colors and, uh, and fabrics. It's just been a delight of throwing this whole thing together, designing our booth, and everyone seemed to really enjoy coming out and, and hanging out with us. Yeah, it's so nice to be back in person, right? So as I'm looking around your booth, there are some gorgeous patterns all the way around, and there are kits and kits and kits galore. So can you just tell us what your website is in case people aren't here at QuiltCon and they want to check you out online? Oh yeah, so our website is fabricworm.com and we carry a huge assortment of modern fabrics, apparel, quilting, organics, Japanese imports. We have, and we have a ton of Charlie Harper fabric, which everyone seems to has recognized all over the place. So we have a huge assortment of that as well. Yeah, come check us out. So my name is Ashley Dell and I'm a Floriani educator here with Quilters Select in the Mull Queens booth. And we have been loving the Quilters Select rulers and rotary cutters that, you know, help you to cut more accurately because your rulers don't slide. They have the epic non-slip coating on the back of them. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about the history? I see Alex Anderson's face on all of these products. So did she create them or just feel the need for something better? So Alex actually had her favorite, some of her favorite quilting products discontinued. And she came to us at R&K Distributing and said, you know, can you help me make some products to replace the ones that I can't get any longer? And a little while later, Quilter Select was born. So we've been around for about six years and R&K as a company has been around for about 17 now. Where can people find you if they don't happen to be at QuiltCon this year? What's your website? Absolutely. So I am here in the Mall Queens booth. So that's going to be mallqueens.com. And if you are looking for your local Quilter Select dealer, visit quilterselect.com and find the store locator. This booth is incredible. So you are a silversmith. Can you tell us what you're doing here today? Yes, I'm a silversmith. I make and sell sterling silver thimbles and sewing tools. Um, uh, the thimbles are my main thing, especially at shows, but the uh, chatelaines and other sterling silver sewing tools are also really important and helpful on the website. Um, so I try to get everyone who comes to the show to try on a couple thimbles. We're getting a little bit more into uh, hand sewing these days with our, our work that we do. The long stitch has been really popular and that you don't have to have a thimble, but it really helps. And so I make dozens of different styles and each of those styles comes with 18 uh, to 24 different sizes. And so lots and lots of sizes and styles to choose from. Well, I mean, just looking around your booth, we, we can see so many examples of the great styles and some of them actually have gems in them. Yes, I, my father was a geologist. And so most of our family vacations were digging rocks out of the earth somewhere. <laughs> so I always tell everybody that the amethyst comes from just north of uh, Lake Superior uh, in Canada at oh, Thunder Bay, right? Okay. There's a lot of big open pit mines there and we get most of our amethyst from there. 
Okay, so where are you based out of? And you ship worldwide, right? I do ship worldwide. I am based in Fairfield, Iowa, where the tall corn grows. <laughs> we have a small farm out in the middle of the cornfields, and uh, we stay real busy out there. My shop where I do all my silversmithing is a pole barn about 100 yards from the front door. So I just run up and down the hill all day long. So uh, it has been a lot of fun to learn this new uh, silversmithing. I uh, graduated college as a fashion design major and uh, raised four kids in Africa. And now I'm back in Iowa and I had a neighbor TJ Lane, who called me and said, I just turned 80. I need help. You can learn this. And so I started working with her in the mornings, especially because she was 80. And I did an organic crop inspecting work in the afternoon and worked with her in the morning. And each day she would just teach me one thing for about 15 or 20 minutes, and I'd do it for four hours. <laughs> so it's like an apprentice and a mentor. Very and much. I, I can't sort of move out of this interview without asking you about what does award-winning mean? I see award-winning. Oh, I, when COVID hit, I kind of couldn't figure out what to do with myself. <laughs> so I started applying for awards and grants, oh, and I won a big jewelry award from the Halstead Jewelry oh, Company. Yeah. Oh, well, that is so great. Well, I was so delighted to come across your booth today. Can Thank you tell you. us your website and where people can find you in case they aren't here at QuiltCon? Very good. Um, my website is thimblesforyou.com, and my name is Jan Marie Larson, and you can find me on either one of those words oh, online. Well, thank you so much for letting me stop by for a chat today. All right, thank you. Okay, so what is your name and what's the name of your booth today? Uh, Jenny Pedigo was so kind of wonderful. Your booth is beautiful. I just love it every time. I saw you guys in Houston as well. Um, So what product or thing are you most excited about featuring at QuiltCon this year? Probably our vintage um, pattern because it is showing our new fabric coming out with Free Spirit in June. So it's boho cloth. Oh, nice. It's a beautiful um, pattern and a beautiful fabric. So it's kind of like a tumbler, but double the size, right? So can you describe it to us a little bit? Uh, Yeah. So it is. It's like a tumbler, but it's like elongated. And um, we have 16 focus fabrics. So those are in the center of the quilt. And then our 10 low volume are surrounding it like a border. Yeah. And I love the border. So can you describe that binding to me a little bit? Yep, the border is um, fun because it's like a slight zigzag. And um, you could do bias binding, but we didn't. So it actually worked without doing bias binding. It's really great. And so can you give us your website in case people are not up to show and they want to check you out? You bet. It is um, sokindofwonderful.com, S-E-W. My name is Kylie Ferens, and Modish Quilter is a digital quilting magazine. We're pretty new. We've been around for about a year now, uh, and we release new issues quarterly. And um, here at QuiltCon, we're really excited to share about it, and we feel like this is kind of our debut in the quilting world since we're so new. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about Mod-ish. So why the title? Uh, You know, it's hard to come up with titles and logos, I feel like. And uh, we wanted something that would be very modern and forward thinking um, and wanted to encapsulate the modern quilter and what that felt like. And I feel like in in this day and age, 
it's really blending the traditional with the modern. And so we came up with modern-ish, modish. So this year at QuiltCon, we um, curated a sampler issue that is a free download. And so we put this together to give people a good idea of what our full-size issues are all about. And it came with a couple of um, articles and some, a pattern and just gives people a taste of what we're all about. Our website is modishquilter.com. Okay, so I just want to reiterate that if you go to modishquilter.com and you sign up for the newsletter, you can download that free mini sampler issue. Uh, my name is Rianne, Rianne Elise, and my booth is Material Goods. Well, I walked by this booth and I thought, oh, I have to interview you. It's minimalist and modern, but really kind of earth looking. So, so what's the thing that you're most excited about featuring at QuiltCon this year? Yeah, so um, I have a new book that just came out. It's Quilting by Hand, and I'm very excited to be sharing it here in person. And all the quilts that you see on the wall behind me um, are from my new book. And there's kits, and it's uh, it's just so nice to see people's reaction to it all. Yeah, well, I was kind of fawning over them. I really loved that one on the wall over there. It's a beautiful big curved piecing quilt. It's very neutral, but it has like little French knots over it. And so I asked you, can I look at the back of it? And the back is almost just as adorable because it's got all these little knots in the back. So, so what... What sort of made you sort of come up with this different approach? Your booth is different than all the other booths I've seen. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this I, I love this aesthetic with the muted tones and more of a simple hand quilted feel. I love adding texture to my quilts through hand quilting. And it just really speaks to the stuff that I love. And I'm glad that it's translating and, and inspiring others. Yeah. Okay, so remind us again, what's the name of your book? And what's a website we can go to if we want to check you out? Yeah, so my book is Quilting by Hand. Um, I'm Rianne, and then you can find um, the book and patterns and all the fabric that I love at materialgoods.us. I'm Richard Kinnear, and I'm with Global Artisans. Okay, and you're from Canada as well. I'm from Canada. Yeah. Yes, I'm from Edmonton, so yeah, born and raised. Okay, and so what is the thing that you're so excited about featuring this year at QuiltCon? Well, as Global Artisans, we're ethical traders, and that coincides so much with the MQG QuiltCon ethic. That, and so we're the largest importer and distributor of hand-dyed, fairly traded threads, ribbons, yarns from South Africa. Uh-huh. So, and those have been one of our top, th- top products this year. Okay, that sounds really good. Well, I'm so glad you gave me a moment to chat with you today. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. Hi, so my name is Samantha Vanoy, and I am the owner and creator behind Trailhead Yarns. And uh, we're here at our first quilt con ever. Well, this is so exciting. You are from Canada, same as me. So where are you from? I'm just outside of Ottawa, Ontario. Okay, so your booth is really, really nice. I love it. It's very stitchable. You know, it's, it's got stitchery type stuff in it. So what kind of thing are you most excited about featuring at QuiltCon this year? So what I love is last year I developed a new thread line, and this is our first show ever with it. And it is a hand-dyed eight-weight tensile thread packaged on reusable, recyclable bobbins. So it's earth friendly. I just love it. And so is there anything else you want to chat about that's in your booth that you're featuring this year? Oh, well, our unkits are fabulous. So we want to inspire people to be creative and do their own thing and not be limited by a kit or anything. So we have these great little Canadian themed um, stitching little panels where you just it's pre-printed and you just stitch to your own heart content. And one of our best sellers is actually the mushrooms. And so it's called the unkit. Yeah, so the unkit is basically, it's, we made it more environmentally friendly. By taking out all the extras, it is literally just the cloth, 
and we want you to use the supplies you have at home, right? We all have needles, we all have other things. You might have to pick up a hoop if you don't have the right hoop, but it's just the basic and all of our packaging is actually a recyclable paper. We use absolutely no uh, plastic in anything. Well, that's such a great idea. And one thing that drew me into your booth, obviously, is you called out that I had something on my jacket. I, I've stitched the back of my jacket with my cue. But um, you said that you had a bag made of fire hose. So tell me about that. Yeah. So my favorite travel bag I had custom made for traveling to shows like this, it is actually completely made of fire hose by a firefighter. Oh, that is so great. I mean, obviously, that really appeals to me as a firefighter. So thank you for pulling that out and showing it to me. And thank you so much for having a chat with me at the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. I am here at QuiltCon with Becky Wolpert. And thank you for having me in your booth. Um, what's your booth name? And what are you excited about featuring at QuiltCon this year? Okay, we're called Sawyer Creek Artistry. Uh, my husband is a wood turner and he makes all of the wooden items here in our booth and um, I am a quilter. I do the piecing and I use my quilts to decorate the booth. If one of them sells then gosh I have to make another one. Yeah. But <laughs> well, and I can hear people marveling over the things that you've been creating. Yeah. So the quilts are just beautiful so they're, they're for sale here. Can you tell us about some of these beautiful wood products as well? Okay yes uh, our mainstay item is a combination seam ripper and stiletto. One tool on each end the tools pull out do a 180 and become their own covers so you never lose your covers on these. Uh, we also feature hand-turned crochet handles oh. and they come with interchangeable hooks, either six hooks or nine hooks, it's like C, D, E, F, G, and H for six and then the nine hook adds on I, J, and K. Oh. People have been very excited about the crochet thing because here we are at a quilt show and a lot of people stop and say, oh my God, there's something for me, the crocheter. Yeah, that's great. So. And they're just beautiful. I mean, it looks like you've used either a dozen different types of wood or you've got some gorgeous color in there. How, how yes. does the color get into the The wood? color is uh, actually white birch from the Northeast. They cut the wood in very thin layers and put it in a dye vat so the color saturates the wood. Then they laminate those layers together. So we buy our wood the colored wood already dyed and laminated in panels. So that is our biggest seller. The, oh. the quilters just absolutely go crazy over the colors. Yeah, well, they are just gorgeous. So can you just let us know what your website is so if people aren't at QuiltCon right now, they can find you? Yes, our website is Sawyer Creek artistry.com okay. that's just like tom sawyer okay great. we're from we are from missouri uh well becky thank you so much for letting me stop by for a chat today okay thank you brandy good to have you so we're here at quiltcon 2022 and i am in the eva blake's makery booth so what is your name and what kind of things are you offering here Sure, I am Shannon Gilman Orr and I offer Plan to Quilt. And Plan to Quilt is a calendar free, project focused quilters organizer. So you can hop in and out of all your projects, put all your notes in one place, your um, swatches in one place. And it's just like a great record keeper and having all of those notes as a reference as you move forward through projects or if you want to go back and revisit things you've already done. So it's just this great organizer book. So it's probably really good for those of us who have a lot of UFOs in our studio, right? Yes, absolutely. So at the beginning of the book, I have you write down all of your works in progress so you can figure out what exactly needs to be done next and what you need to buy to finish or maybe you just need to bind that one quilt. Yeah. And so it's a great list at a glance to just be like, oh, I just have to finish this one thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely for 
new beginners or like I've been doing this a long time and have a pile of UFOs that just need accomplishing. Yeah, so I can see on your table you have this beautiful display and have you been shipping worldwide or? I do ship worldwide and I do have a couple shops that carry it in Canada and Australia because I know shipping super expensive yeah. in and out of the States um, and there are shops across the US but you can buy it directly from me on my website. Okay great well let's talk about that. What's your website? <laughs> my website is evabmakery.com and you can also find me on Instagram at evabmakery. I am here at QuiltCon 2022 with Swan Sheridan in her booth. Now Swan can you tell us a little bit about your booth? What's it called? We're Swan Amity Studios. Okay, and what kind of things do you feature here? We are a really applique heavy booth, but we're really into innovative, kind of modern meets traditional piecing right now. So we feature primarily those concepts and also the best free motion quilting gloves on the planet. Okay, so what are they called and what's the cool thing about them? So we have created the Amity Glove. Everything you love about sporting gloves, comfort, breathability, softness, wrist support, put into a quilting glove where we have added a palm pad that allows your hand to relax, allows you to feel comfortable, translates all the way up into your arms and shoulders and neck so that you are not in pain at the end of the day. Instead, you just get to quilt and be happy. Yeah, they look so great. So if we have people listening who are not at QuiltCon this year, what's your website and where can they find these? So you can find us at swanamity.com, and that's S-W-A-N-A-M as in mom, I-T-Y. And we are um, available for all of our sales online, as well as some really excellent educational programming on Zoom. Great, well thank you so much for letting me stop by to chat with you today. Thank you, Brandy, it's so nice to see you. Uh, my name is Tekla, and I work in marketing and sales at Cotton and Steel. And I love this booth because it's kind of different than the average sales booth that I've been seeing around. This booth is really kind of interactive. So what are you doing here today? Right, so we're a wholesaler. So we're not here to sell. We're just here to sort of celebrate. Um, and this year our theme is reunion. Um, we're really excited that we get to, you know, see old friends and new friends again with, you know, the, the COVID sort of getting in the way of last year's QuiltCon. Um, so what we're doing here is we have a little raffle going on and um, we also have make and takes. So people can just come by. Uh, we have a really cool pattern booklet with some patterns that are made by various designers um, and some of our own patterns. And people can come and just sit down and sew, which is nice also because obviously QuiltCon, it's it's a little overwhelming at times, so if you just need to sit down and sew, a lot of people just come by and they're like, you know, they want to take a seat. And then they end up sewing some really cool projects and um, kind of just celebrating our fabric and celebrating the fact that we're all together again. Yeah. So what are you going to do with all the photos you're taking in the sort of photo booth that you have? Right. So we have this photo booth. Um, and after people come and do their make and takes, we take photos. And we're really excited. At the end, we're going to put them all together and make a little yearbook. Yeah. And we're going to share that on social media and um, and just generally show off, you know, all the new friends we've made. We've, we've followed a bunch of people. And so we're going to tag them and, and just... You know, there's so many cool makers here um, who have so many different perspectives. That's something I love is that we've been able to see people, you know, normally since we don't sell to customers, 
we don't have that much interaction with the final, you know, users of our fabric. So it's so cool to see people take our fabrics, um, put them together in different ways and just be like so excited. Um, so we're really looking forward to sort of continuing the celebration after QuiltCon um, by highlighting all the awesome like makers here. Yeah. And you've probably, everyone's probably been able to hear the buzz. People are around us. You can hear them chatting. But I think one of the exciting things is that you're giving away fabric also, you're doing a draw. But also you have this little thing where you're giving away a hand sanitizer kit. What's that? Right. So actually every day um, of QuiltCon, we've had different, like the first 50 people, I think it is, um, came by and we had different um, patterns that they can make and take. So it came with the fabric, all of the things you need to, to make. Um, so the first day was like a mask lanyard. Then we gave away a mask, a mask pouch. And then today it's a hand sanitizer holder. So, you know, we're, we're together again, but also staying safe. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so so much for having a chat with me today Techless. This is really a great booth so congratulations on pulling it off. Oh thank you so much it's been fun thank you for uh, chatting with me. <laughs> so those were my chats with just a dozen vendors there were over a hundred booths and I simply couldn't do them all because I kept running into all these incredible people that had either already been on my podcast or I've recorded them and they're coming up or I've talked to them and they might even be future guests. So here's who I ran into that has already been on the show. So I bumped into Veruska Zarati and I'm going to tell you a little story about her coming up. She was episode nine. I saw Libs Elliot. That was just exciting because she was busy with people and I couldn't quite make it over there to say hello, but I was excited to see her at the show. I also got to bump into Pokey Bolton. This was a pure joy for me because I really have loved her for so long. As you know, if you listen to the podcast, she is just sort of an art quilting mentor and idol for me. I've been following Quilting Arts TV and magazine for decades. I also bumped into Michelle Muska a few times, had dinner with her. I absolutely love her. She is for Oliso Irons. She was episode 27. And Tim Natar. Do you remember episode 37 where I talked about her Menagerie of Animals. It was such a great episode. And then also, I bumped into Kim and Nisha, the Brimfield Awakening duo. And my gosh, that was such a hilarious episode. They are a really, really funny pair. Their episode was number 40. And then one of my most recent episodes was Vivica Hansen de Negri. And that was episode 57. I had dinner with her as well. So I'm, I'm so thrilled about having met all these people that I already interviewed. I felt like I knew them already before I even walked up to them. And it was so much fun. Um, I also bumped into Mary Fawns talk to her. So her episode is recorded and it's coming up soon. So she'll be on the podcast. And I went into the Wonderful booth, of course, they're Canadian. And I chatted with Callista Nye, who I've already recorded her interview for the podcast. And that's coming up as well. We'll be talking all about Wonderful Thread. So here are a few people that I plan on having in the future on the podcast that I met at QuiltCon. The first one I'll mention is Krista Watson. I have been friends with her online for such a long time and I finally got to meet her in person. And not only did I meet her at the show, I actually stayed with her and we shared a hotel room. So I really got to know her so much better. So that was super fun. I also met Leslie Tucker Jennison. I can't wait to have her on the show. She does these Instagram lives with Michelle Muska, and they always have really great topics that they cover each time. So it's really worth checking that out on Instagram. 
Next, I bumped into Carolina Moore. Well, not only bumped into her, she hosted an event. She is the person who organizes the Facebook group for quilt pattern designers. So if you're a quilt pattern designer, you really want to search out that Facebook group because it is filled with information, mentors, just really great content. And we had a huge get together at QuiltCon. Over 30 people, all quilt pattern designers all got together. And Carolina has a really great YouTube channel. She's an absolute star. She's got like over 26,000 subscribers. And her YouTube channel is called Carolina Moore. I also had the pleasure of meeting Amy Barrickman and Joe Packman, both of which I would love to have on the podcast. So Amy has So Vintage, and you can find her stuff at amybarrickman.com. That's B-A-R-I-C-K-M-A-N. And Joe Packman is the editor-in-chief of a gorgeous magazine called Women Who Create. So you definitely want to look that up as well. A couple other people that I met that I haven't quite invited on the podcast yet, but I would love to are Angela Walters. You saw the photo on my Instagram feed and Jenny Doan. So I'm definitely going to be sending them some emails to invite them to be on the podcast. Another quilter I met that I would love to have on the podcast is David Owen Hastings. He's a modern artistic quilter. His trunk show is incredible. So yeah, he'd be great to have on the show. So now let's get into a few of the other people that I bumped into and I actually had a few minutes to interview. So let's get into that. Now you'll have to have a little patience with this first interview because we were in a very busy and noisy cafeteria. So you'll have to forgive me for the sound quality. Lean in a little closer and have a listen. Okay, so you know that one of the fun things about QuiltCon is that when you're walking around in your hotel, you see people everywhere. And I was in the elevator this morning on the way down and I bumped into someone carrying this gorgeous little zipper bag. And it turned out to be Tina Curtis. <laughs> so I'm so excited, I wanted to talk to you just to say, what are you doing at QuiltCon? So I'm here and I'm teaching two classes. So the zipper pop press and I'm also teaching a tool reflection, which is my pattern for the MTG. The pouch is so cute, and there was actually someone in the elevator who was looking at your pouch, like with envy that she hadn't signed up for your class. So that's going to be super fun. So, what's your favorite thing about Pokemon? Uh, I think the, my favorite thing was meeting people in real life. So I listened to your podcast, and your review is awesome, and getting to connect with internet friends and see their whole person is is really fun. Yeah, it's so nice to be back in person, right? Okay, so I just want to know a little bit about you. So where are you from in the world? And who do you surround yourself with every year? So I'm from South Carolina originally, but relocated to Houston. Uh, I'm the president of the Houston Modern Coat Guild, and I surround myself with that amazing group of people. Uh, we have the most quilts in the show uh, from any individual guilds. That's really exciting. Such a talented group of ladies and men. So yeah, that's that's my community usually, and then I have a great group of online culty friends that we've really connected since the pandemic, and I get to interact with them through Instagram. All the so time. nice to see everybody in person, and it's so cool to bump into. So before I let you go, there's one more question I love to ask faculty when I'm at a quilt show, and that is, if there was one little tidbit that you love to teach in every class, what would it be? And you can hear the little baby in the background. We're actually in the breakfast cafeteria right now. <laughs> But what would you teach? What's the one little tip that you'd love to share? 
I think the favorite thing, my favorite thing is this is all about having fun. So take kind of the pressure off, nothing's perfect, no one is perfect, and there's no really right way to do anything. So just have fun and let, you know, let your gut guide you. That's really, really good advice. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with me today, Tina. Thank you. Gosh, the sound was horrible in that cafeteria, but I really hope you were able to turn up the volume and hear some of it because she was so delightful. And now here's a quick word with Scott Cully. We are here at Quiltcon 2022 and I am so excited. I've got Scott Cully with me and we are in front of his quilt that got into the show. But first, Scott, I want to know a little bit about you. So can you just give us a snippet into your story? Why, why quilting for you? Uh, quilting was a fun and easy way to just get my creative energies out there and to have people get, get projects done and be able to have something that you can hold and touch and see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an architect by trade and usually my creative efforts are these big giant things that take three to five years to build. So these quick turnarounds on these you know, quote unquote quick turnarounds on the quilts are, are very uh, satisfying. Yeah, and the work that you do does not look like a quick turnaround <laughs> by any means. They, these are gorgeous, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But okay. first, I wanted to know a little bit about where do you live and who do you surround yourself in your world every day? Um, I'm fr- I live in Berlin, Germany. I'm originally from the U.S., and I live with my husband and our two kids. Oh, that's so great. Okay, so tell us about this quilt. What is it called, and how did you feel when you found out that it got accepted? So this quilt is mask number one. It's uh, the first of a series of quilts that I'm referring to as masked masculinity. Okay. So this kind of hidden, these masks that men wear that kind of hide themselves, whether they be literal or figuratively. Um, so that's kind of what I'm depicting in, in this series. Yeah. Um, so the first one is a luchador. It's a very physical mask, but what is he, what is he hiding underneath and what is he trying to portray to other people yeah. is really what I'm trying to communicate and, and ask the viewer to be like, you know, what, what are they hiding? Yeah. What, what mask are they wearing to protect either themselves or display something different to somebody else? Yeah, and so. what mask are we all wearing, right? Because exactly. on social media, we put out our best bits, don't exactly. we? Exactly. Yeah, and so it is absolutely amazing. It's stunning to see it in person. I'm so Thank glad you. you could actually come here from Germany. Yeah, Germany. I made, made a, we, my husband and I you know, made a point of, you know, if, if it got in, you got to go. Yeah. So. yeah. so tell me a little bit more about the series. So you're working on some more. So I am. So the second one, which is finished but wasn't in, done in time for PokeCon this year, is a portrait of RuPaul Charles. Um, and so oh my gosh, Kate, okay. we've seen snippets on Instagram, so you <laughs> have to go to Scott's Instagram. So what is your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is Scott Kelly Design. Um, and yeah, you'll see plenty of images of, of the quilt there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I totally interrupted you. So tell me more. Um, so yeah, so RuPaul's the, the second in the series and just, it, you know, that's just a, another mask, but it's kind of different in the fact that a drag queen will put on makeup and put on this mask to be more powerful and, and maybe even express their true selves through a mask versus covering something up. So, yeah. Oh, that's so great. So how do you find that the series might round out? Do you think you'll have three quilts or ten quilts or what do you think? I do. I've got three planned. And the third one is still kind of in my thinking stage, so yeah. we'll see how that goes. Well, out. good luck with the whole series. I'm so excited to see you here at QuiltCon. Congratulations on having this amazing quilt in the show. And yeah, I, you know, I was thinking I would love to have you on the podcast. So do you think you'd be willing? Oh, by all means. Okay, great. So I'll be in touch, definitely. <laughs> Congratulations, and thank you so much for giving me your time today. All right, thank you so much, Brandy. Okay. 
So I am here with Lilo Bowman. She is the editor-in-chief and production manager for thequiltshow.com. So she is here at The Quilt Show, but she also has a really great book that came out in the last couple of years, just before the pandemic. So I want to talk about that with her. So what's the name of your book? Tell us about it. The book is called Love Your Creative Space, and it is about learning to be able to embrace the space, the size that you have right now, where you are, and being able to set it up in the way that really works best for you. It's not so much about what you've seen in magazines and what your girlfriend has. It's about having a space that's gonna work for you so you can get to everything, you can find everything, and actually have it decorated in the style that you really enjoy having. The biggest thing that most quilters have is that they wanna to try to bring every single thing they've ever had uh, for the last 25 years into their room and their room is only so big and it's like a glass of you know a glass you can only fill it so much and eventually the water is going to start pouring out yeah. and and so learning to be able to pull some of those things out that you've had for the last 25 years that you haven't looked at that you're not using it's time to get those out and get this new stuff in that you're really excited about yeah absolutely that is such a great tip so what i'm hearing is if you're sitting in your studio right now and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed the best place to start is to remove the stuff that doesn't belong and really just keep the stuff you love right absolutely and and really for most people it's really um a struggle to try to figure out where because they might have so much just pick a corner pick a side of the wall pick a closet you know under the table whatever just start in one area no focus on everything else around it. Just start in that one area, start pulling things out, sorting through that, pulling things out, hopefully removing things and having them go live at a new house, not at yours. And, and then doing that in that more, you know, going back, clearing out that table. If you've done that, okay, maybe next week we attack that closet that you've had or that guest bed or what have you. Just work in bite-sized chunks. It makes it a lot easier and a lot less overwhelming. Yeah. Well, that is such great advice, Lilo. Thank you so much for stopping by and having a chat with me. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It was great um, coming here and it's great to be able to see people in person again after so many years yes. and um, seeing all the wonderful quilts and all the energy that's here that you, that you don't get when you're um, via Zoom. Yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so that book again by Lilo Bowman is called Love Your Creative Space, a visual guide to creating an inspiring and organized studio without breaking the bank. Now next, I want to tell you one of my most favorite stories that came out of QuiltCon. It was about a youth quilter that I met. So here goes. Okay, so we are here at QuiltCon 2022, and this wonderful thing happened. I was in front of my quilt actually and this duo walked up and they were looking at my quilt and I saw that the youngster who's not actually that young are you 13 right now 13. Caitlin Baxter has a quilt in the show as well so I definitely wanted to come over to your quilt not only was I excited to interview a youth who has a quilt in the show but you actually won an award as well so can you describe your quilt to us a little bit so my quilt is white and black patchwork diamond and around it and like rectangular coming off it are the colors of the rainbow we have red orange yellow green um, blues and purple pinks and then um, to make it wider along the left and right sides I have also put the same colors that were from the center part of my quilt and um, they were little two inch squares that I cut and pieced together and the cream that you have in there beautifully frames the center of the quilt. I love the border. And one of my favorite parts of this quilt, actually, is the binding. You did something so fun in the binding. So what did you do there? For the binding, uh, we fussy cut it. So we used the fabric from the back of my quilt and 
It is a panda fabric with hearts that are different colors that complement the front of my quilt. And so we fussy cut the hearts, my mother and I, so that the hearts frame my quilt. So I absolutely love it. A fussy cut binding is really a trend right now and you hit that so perfectly. So I want to ask you, where are you from and who do you surround yourself with every day? I am from Amherst, Virginia, and I have a bunch of great friends. We all love to read. Right now, we are going to start reading the Divergent series, and I'm really excited because even though we're going to read it all at our own pace, we're going to be reading it together, and that's like a really big part of it. And I also have a Rottweiler dog. His name is Bruno, and he is going to turn four March 23rd. Really excited for him. Okay, and who do you live with at home? Um, I live with my mom and my dad and Bruno. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your quilting journey. So I understand you designed this at 10 years old. Yes. Is that when you started learning how to quilt? No, I uh, started like sewing stuff together when I was five. I made a quilt and entered it into QuiltCon in 2017. The quilt was Big Blue Whale and it also won a second place ribbon. And then in 2018, the following year, I did a round robin with a bunch of other children. And uh, my quilt that year was named Hearts and Stars. And I did a big spiral heart to quilt that. So that was a bunch of fun. It was a little bit difficult to put it through our machine. That's wonderful. So we cannot end this interview without giving a little shout out to your mom. So how has she helped you along your journey? So she's always like, like been there for me and for this school especially. If the points didn't line up, I made her be the one that seam ripped them apart. <laughs> and um, she's also just like, like giving me stuff, let me be creative and like helped me a lot when I needed it. Okay. And mom's name is Tiffany Baxter. So Tiffany, how how do you feel about your daughter's quilt hanging in the show? Well, obviously, I'm very, very proud of her. Um, it, this quilt was a, a few years in the making. Um, she designed it at age 10 and cut out the pieces for the center black and white triangles and um, put them up on a piece of batting that was pinned up to the wall. And it stayed that way for quite some time. Um, she slowly worked on piecing the triangles together for the center. Um, and then uh, we really got focused on it. She really got focused on it in the past, uh, you know, six or eight months or so and decided to finish it and um, submit it to QuiltCon. So obviously I'm very proud of her and I'm really excited that she's able to come with me to QuiltCon this year. I've been uh, coming to QuiltCon for a few years now and I really um, enjoy uh, volunteering uh, on the setup crew yeah. and getting to help out at the Modern Quilt Guild. And so it's a really special trip for us for her to be here together with me and especially that she won a ribbon. Yeah, what a great example you are. And Caitlin, how did you feel when you found out that it actually got accepted into the show? I was excited that my quilt got accepted because like to have my quilt just be in QuiltCon, that was really, really exciting. To and did they sort of give you a hint that they really hoped you would be here? Or did you find out that you won right at the award ceremony? So um, I found out I had won a place. We weren't sure what place before the award ceremony. And um, the lady, she wanted to know if I would be there for the award ceremony. And uh, we were like, my mom and I were like, no, because I had school. But um, school, we had winter break um, Friday to Monday. So I uh, flew out here with my father this Thursday. And 
uh, we came here yesterday um, was the first time I saw my colt and it was so amazing to see my colt that was accepted into Quilcon but be in Arizona to see it yeah well that is so exciting I want to gra- congratulate you on your big win I want to tell you that I really believe that you have a bright quilting future ahead of you and thank you so much for stopping by to chat with me today oh thank you Now I want to tell you a little story about meeting Verushka Zaradi for the first time. I was so delighted to have her on the podcast way back on episode nine. I really got to know her and she is such an incredible talent. She entered her quilt, the quilt of her and her two sons. It's a portrait quilt and she won the piecing category completely the entire category. And so I wanted to tell you the little story about bumping into her. Uh, when I met her for the first time like I said earlier she bowled me over with a hug which was so delightful we felt like we really knew each other but this fun little story happened also because my friend Manon who has mom and me quilting who has a quilt creators club she has a member of her club who was learning to quilt in the club and ended up creating one of Veruska Zerati's patterns and entered it in QuiltCon and it got in so we did a f- Instagram live or a Facebook live or something with Manon and Ter Ter Racer, who is the one who created the quilt. And um, it was so exciting to have her see her quilt from Canada while I was live there. But then I told this story to Veruska that this newer quilter had made her pattern and got it into QuiltCon. So Verushka went around and she took some video of it and did a whole story of it. And it was a lot of fun. So I just wanted to share that story with you because it was just delightful. And now listen in as I caught up with Sarah Trail of the Social Justice Sewing Academy. I am here at QuiltCon 2022 with Sarah Trail. I'm so excited to be chatting with you about this project. So we are right in the middle of the Social Justice Sewing Academy Remembrance Project. So Sarah, can you just tell us a little bit about your personal history? Why did you do this project? Yes, so I've been sewing since I was four. When I was 12, I wrote a book with C&T Publishing. When I was 13, I dropped a Simplicity Pattern Collection. And then I had a DVD and a fabric line all before high school. Because of those opportunities that were afforded to me, I was teaching kids how to sew just teaching kids how to sew joanne's michael's quilt stores and after a few years of teaching kids how to sew from i'd say the age of 12 to 15 i realized that only upper middle class privileged kids from a socioeconomic background had access to come to these sewing classes as they were 150 dollars for a weekend or so so after a while i kind of realized the inequities of who gets access to sewing who doesn't who can afford sewing who can't who can afford my book my patterns like it's just a very capitalistic market and when you're a teacher you know i, I understood that was my role but when i went to uc Berkeley, I kind of realized the inequities on system-wide, racial inequities, school inequities, just, you know, just injustice inequities. And so I, I went to different high schools and I realized lots of kids wanted to learn how to sew. They just they couldn't afford, you know, sewing instruction. So after graduating from UC Berkeley, I created the SJSA, the 501c3 nonprofit, to give young people an opportunity without the barriers of cost to entry, with free access, free sewing machines, free classes, free instruction, where young kids can make art about things they care about. So SGSA, for the most part, does lots of 
work, we have lots of different projects, but most of ours include workshops for kids or like they're no-sew workshops and they get to make textile art. And then we have this intergenerational collaboration between embroidery volunteers and piecers and long armors and binding that really finishes the kids' art and amplifies messages and things that they care about. In addition to making blocks with young people, we also make remembrance blocks. And remembrance blocks are another project that was born, really inspired from the AIDS quilt. That's like a 21st century version of the AIDS quilt with a much wider scope. Our remembrance project features four main categories, death and being killed from law enforcement, LGBT, domestic violence, um, community violence, gang violence, accidental shootings, and racially motivated hate crimes. And so out of all those, we've got names, thousands and thousands of names, and we need volunteers to sign up. They go to our website, they sign up, we assign them a name, they do the research, they, they learn about that person, and it's more than just putting a name to a block. It's really finding out who were they. Did they have kids? Did they love dogs? Did they Were they an avid fisher? You know, did they love reading? Did they write poetry? And then you create a block, an 18 and a half by 22 and a half inch block that really reflects their humanity and their experience. Um, I think the project is really about kind of um, highlighting their, their, their chapters of their lives and not their final moment. Media really focuses on people's final moments, especially with the trauma porn that's often shown on social media. We've, we, America witnessed George Floyd get murdered. It was viral. And it's like more than him getting murdered, what was his favorite color? Do we know the name of his kids? Who really was he as a person? I think oftentimes people focus on you know their last moment of life and it's like, what about all the years before that? So really the Remembrance Project is about honoring all those years before that and highlighting stories that haven't gone viral that not all of America knows. We all know, you know, particularly men that get, you know, killed. We know men's stories, but what about the women's names? What about the trans names? What about their lives and their stories? All people, you know, deserve, you know, the right to judge, jury, and, and, you know, getting a trial, and they deserve their day in court. So regardless of even if they had a counterfeit bill or even if they weren't listening to cops, not listening never warrants the right to be murdered. And regardless of, you know, whether they're a five-year-old, Amir Jones was an 11-year-old killed in a ballet class in Chicago. Wrong place, wrong time. That was inner city violence that killed her. How many people know her name and her story? So it's really about just kind of honoring lives regardless of if they went viral or not, regardless of what happened, um, and in any of those categories. And so people sign up, we make the block, and then we make the banners to not really be seen at quilt shows. We bring them here so we can get volunteers, but really to, to show them, the family show them. They have community protests, they have rallies, we bring them to parks, mental health awareness days. These families, of any family of any banner can say, hey, I'd like to use my son's banner, my daughter's banner, my granddaughter's banner, and we'll show them, give them their banner, and then they'll have an event. And it's really like public art, like murals. They're like murals, but instead of being tied to a building, they can go anywhere. And they're made with a really, you know, amazing collaborative group of a lot of MQG quilters, a lot of traditional quilters, and a lot of people who can't sew at all, but they can cut and glue. And so anyone can make a banner. It doesn't have to be sewn. It just has to be the right size. And as long as it has their name, that's all that's required. So that was my interview with Sarah Trail of the Social Justice Sewing Academy. Her lecture at QuiltCon touched me to the core. Near the end of her lecture, she brought up a special guest, Addie Kitchen, affectionately known as Grandma Addie. Her grandson was murdered in a Walmart. Police came in and within 30 seconds, unarmed during a mental health crisis, they killed her 33-year-old grandson that she had raised since he was 8 years old. He was loved and his name is Stephen Taylor. So go to Social Justice Sewing Academy's website at sjsacademy.com and click on Get Involved. You can make a remembrance block. You can make a banner. You can also make a full memory quilt from the clothes of a victim for their family. Just imagine 
what that memory quilt can do for the family who has lost their loved one. Now that interview with Sarah Trail is such an incredible way to end the podcast. So I'm going to leave it there. We're going to close out the podcast, but there's one more small thing I promised that I would tell you. It's a little bit of good news about my quilt con quilt called the Big Fib, and that is that my quilt has sold. So I was so delighted to hear that someone was interested in the quilt and they were a collector and they bought the quilt. I just, I can't even believe it. So that's another delightful thing to end the podcast with today. Thank you for listening to the Quilt Con 2022 recap episode of the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.